today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Brian, you are back from Florida. But it wasn't to see Mickey Mouse. It was to see Matt Taven and the other stars of Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I did try to get my way to Disney World, but it wasn't to be, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sad about that. Also, we are going to get into the seedy backstage dealings of independent wrestling, Brian. Yes, we'll be talking indie politics, plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, episode 148, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the kingpin. He is Colt Cabana's best friend, Brian Malonis. Oh, I'm Colt's best friend. Yes. I thought that was Ian Riccoboni. Is it? I think good buddies. They are, aren't they? They're commenting tag team partners. They are. Well, you were a part of Art of Wrestling. I would say the pioneering pro wrestling podcast last week. Yeah, I think that's kind of like one of those cool, like, check it off the list kind of moments. I, I mean, we had talked about it being like a goal of mine. Like, it's been a lot of those lately. Yeah, I got to be on the, I want to be on the art of wrestling. I think that that's been a goal of mine for quite some time. And he changes format, so I'll never be able to do the uh, sit down. Yeah, the full length one, but it was very cool to sit down with. Uh, we were sitting in the locker room in Miami, and he, and he asked me, I'd, you know, I'd like play it cool, like, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, I got a couple minutes for you. Like, what do you need? Like, you, didn't, you didn't start welling up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I fought it back. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice. Uh, so, yeah, Art of Wrestling, that was a great thing. And you were... Uh, did you actually listen to it? I did. Oh, okay. Beginning to end. I mean, you didn't mention the wrestling podcast about nothing, but... Yeah, the opportunity didn't present itself. No. <laughs> uh, John Morris was expecting... Uh, a plug as well, but didn't. Well, he's expecting me to expect a plug, I guess I should say. Yeah, well, of course you would. I should have just talked about that instead of what he was asking me. Hey, you know, that's great, Colt, this story that you're trying to go for here with me. But let me tell you about my podcast on Mondays. If you want more about this story <laughs> that I'm telling you right here, check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. Did you see, though, somebody tweeted to me about, like, wanting to hear more about the story? And I, and I, and I, I, I tweeted back. Yeah, so, you know. Well done. Thank you. Well done, Brian. So you were talking to Cole Cabana in the locker room in Florida, where you spent last weekend. Sunny Florida, was it? It was. Well, it was so nice and warm. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I was in shorts and didn't want to come back to terrible, snowy, gross New England. But here we are. Yes. Here, here we, we sit. Are. But let's talk about last weekend, Brian. You had a double shot in uh, Lakeland. And Miami, Florida last weekend. Lakeland was the television taping for Ring of Honor Television. And I mean, normally we'd say no spoilers. You'd say no spoilers, but you basically gave them away in your own Twitter feed. I mean, Ring of Honor gives them away, gives them away at this point. Oh, so if they do it, it's fine for you to do it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, you beat a couple of uh, enhancement guys, Jabronis. <laughs> yeah, uh, you and the Bruiser. And I hear, Brian, I hear that 
there's a new name new for, mon- for Brian Malone. So we talked about this probably a year ago at this point that you were looking at new names, new monikers to uh, christen yourself because the kingpin wasn't going to fly in Ring of Honor Wrestling. So, I mean, can we say it right now? Can we officially christen you the Wide City Whaler? He is standing <laughs> right here. The Whaler is coming to Ring of Honor. He is in Ring of Honor. He is the tag team partner of the Beer City Bruiser. Finally, it has come to fruition. Michael Quinn, congratulations. Uh, no, it's not. It's not the Whaler. It's not the Whaler. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not the Whaler. But you do have a a new moniker. I do. I am the Brawler. The Brawler. The Brawler. So it's the Brawler and the Bruiser. Right. And they are together, the bouncers. They are. Amazing. How about that, huh? So this I'm like a whole new man. This is your idea? Um, no, I mean it was like they they approached me about like coming up with something and wanted wanted me to have something more than just you know Brian and Brian Malonis and the Kingpin just because of I mean now they just had a Brody King too so I mean the King thing was just not even. A possibility right. in in Ring of Honor. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, so the last weekend in Florida, that's when it was officially like stamped and christened. And so it's um, the two of you. You get you're kind of matching up now. You get the the matching names. So it's full steam ahead to Madison Square Garden. Um, I mean. I, I don't again it's just it's status quo like you know i certainly hope we're going to be there um my expectation is that we'll be there but i don't know anything officially yet i mean it's just you know it's on the list and it's a big goal and uh with ring of honor being there hopefully i'll i'll have the opportunity to be at madison square garden well i'll be there you, you bought a ticket i will be there <laughs> i'll be in attendance you're going to the garden yes i got a ticket Okay, so the wife let you pull out the old the old credit card, and you must have had to buy on the secondary market. Well, I didn't say that I necessarily forked over any money. I do have a ticket. No thanks to you. <laughs> you got a ticket, so you didn't pay for this ticket. I got I got people. I got people everywhere. Kingpin brawler. Well, I should say. Who who's giving you tickets to the guard? I mean, is it like Joe Morata? Does he have like an extra ticket? <laughs> like, did you weasel? Did you like? He buy an extra ticket and couldn't get rid of it, and you weaseled your way into it. Is that what's going on here? No, I couldn't get uh, a ticket with those guys. <laughs> so I, had to go, I had to go elsewhere. But uh, I do have a ticket, and I'm hoping to see the kingpin on the show, the brawler, excuse me, on the show. If not, then I'm going to sell that thing for top dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you let me get this straight. I'm sitting here like dying, wanting to go perform at Madison Square Garden, be at the garden, do whatever they want me to do if it's go sweep the ring up. And you got a ticket that you didn't pay for, and then you're going to try to scalp it if I'm not booked? Well, yeah, you better get the hell on the show. You are human garbage. <laughs> I, mean, I, the, I, I have never been at MSG either as a fan or, or anything. I mean, it'd, it'd be good to go, but I'm not going to see the brawler Brian Malone is there. What's the point? You see Todd Fatpan Sinclair. Well, okay. <laughs> well, you don't want to support your friends. I, I, I'll, I, okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's not. Set, I mean, just get on the show. This That's is all we're gonna say. This is ridiculous. You're, you're. So you're on the garden or going to the garden. Before I am, <laughs> I guess that's the case. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so you better you better get there and join me, or uh, <laughs> I better start politicking. So <laughs> yeah, or expletives are gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you. You put coin in your pocket. 
No, that's well, yeah, that's true. Uh, probably from your end, the expletives will fly. You're gonna, you're gonna be like uh, like Kramer selling tickets to Pagliacci. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, so Lakeland, you had the match, went off without a hitch. Yes. Yeah, it's a great match. And be featured on an upcoming episode of uh, Ring of Honor Television. Keep your eyes peeled. And I will keep my eyes peeled. Yeah, you won't. You won't watch it. I gotta go and check out the brawler. Come on. Will you? I will. <laughs> And then Miami, Florida, Brian. Is it Bound for Glory? Uh, bound by Honor. Bound by Honor. Excuse me. Bound, bound for Glory is uh, Impact Wrestling. Excuse me. Bound by Honor. <laughs> and uh, you were part of an eight-man tag team match. Is this correct? Uh, it, yes. This, uh, this is a, a factual statement, Michael. It was uh, the bouncers in Coast to Coast taking on Lifeblood. And I saw basically three-quarters of this match via a GIF. <laughs> it was a very long gif of the exchange between yourself and new ROH signee, uh, another new ROH signee, Bandito. Yes. Yeah. He was uh, flying all over the place trying to pick me up. Just couldn't happen. A little classic uh, big man, little man stuff. I did see some good stuff when I vanity searched afterwards. So, <laughs> As you, you tend know. to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, check that out. Oh, the I- Literally everybody vanity searches, by the way. Everybody? Yes. You, you go back in any locker room, not just the Ring of Honor locker room, but any locker room I'm in these days, guys get back from their match, and they're instantly searching Twitter. This is a glut for punishment, it seems like to me, especially with <laughs> wrestling Twitter being the way it is. Uh, it's fun. It's fun? Something to do. It's been more positive than negative lately for you? Uh, yeah. I've, I've actually felt like a, like a palpable like swing lately. That's very good. So the Bandito gif, very... Very humorous, very well done. I don't know if uh, Jim Cornette would approve, but it was. Uh, Why he he should have liked that? It was classic uh, cat mouse, big man, little man. I suppose. I mean, you didn't. Uh, I didn't bump for him or anything. No, you didn't like fart and knock him into next week, or you know, he didn't bump <laughs> out of the ring or something like that. So I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. It, it, uh, he, you know, to be fair, he probably find something wrong with it. It might pass the sniff test for him. He hates everything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, check out that GIF. It's on your Twitter at Brian Malonis. I think I retweeted it as well at the WPAN on Twitter. A lot of fun stuff. So the match went well. The eight man tag and there's a lot of arms and legs in there. A lot of uh, bodies. A lot of uh, creative people with ideas that all came together pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it came together really, really, really easily. I mean, those are just like when you're putting those sort of matches together with so many guys. It's almost it's almost just like building moments and segments. There's just so much going on, so it's just keep it exciting, keep it fun. I, I think that there's so there's so many guys. There's no real reason for those matches to. Especially, I think we you know we had like 14 minutes, but when you're talking about eight guys in a match, that's not that's not really a lot of time. So I mean, really, it's just get everybody their time, kind of play their greatest hits sort of thing, and you know, and just have these fun exchanges, and you just build the match that way. So it's you know, nobody wants to see eight minutes of heat in a 14-minute eight-man tag match. So were there a lot of, uh, I mean, Colt Cabana was among them, were there a lot of congratulatory exchanges between you and uh, members of the ROH locker room? Yeah, yeah, quite a few, uh, I would say. So it was it was definitely cool, definitely a cool feeling putting the video out there. I did, I did get some I did get some feedback from someone that said that uh, gave me like wow you're just this you know you're just being this like nice guy from New Hampshire why don't you be your character <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's a good point so everything is uh, smelling like roses for the kingpin and Ring of Honor for I keep the kingpin I got a the brawler in uh, Ring of Honor yes yeah everything everything's looking up right now buddy I think we got a a really fantastic opportunity uh, in front of us I mean it's just it's just an open playing field right now especially with you know 
couple of the recent departures from uh, Ring of Honor Two. That's it's just the ball is there, <laughs> like grab it and grab it and go. That's that's the way you know. That's where we are at right now. It's just the opportunity's there, and if it doesn't happen for us, then it's we have nobody else to blame but ourselves. And that's all. That's all I've ever asked for my entire life. It's an opportunity to just you know make it or break it on my own volition. And finally, it's here and feels pretty damn good. So the bouncers, they're getting out there. I know they're coming to Derry, New Hampshire, Saturday night, March 30th for Astromania. Are we seeing them anywhere else? I mean, not, nothing concrete right now. We are t- we ha- or have been talking to several promotions. We're just hoping to line up dates. It's tough with, I mean, Ring of Honor does have a pretty robust schedule, I must say, uh, if I do say so, coming up in the next couple months. So some of the places that we thought we might go the dates didn't align because of uh our commitments with ring of honor so right now the uh, the only place outside of ring of honor you can see the bouncers is indeed astromania saturday night march the 30th Derry, new hampshire so if you're in within i would say a 10-hour drive of, of <laughs> Derry, new hampshire you got to get to this that's nothing for for us anyways if you want to see uh the best big man tag team on the planet especially against the best tag team in new england yes i think that's uh i think that's a hell of a hell of an attraction there so one half of a, of a big double main event so you don't have to travel at all to go to brianmalonis.com brian but you could do it while you are traveling there's nothing wrong with it. yeah it's accessible it's mobile yeah accessible on your mobile devices wherever you are brianmalonis.com you can go get a t-shirt if you go today there's a precedence day sale you can save a little money so, really yeah so go check out uh, brianmalonis.com make sure you get that uh when you go there uh, uh Pro Wrestling Tees will have their pop-up come up with the promotional code. And go ahead, save yourself a couple bucks, get uh, get multiple T-shirts. I think maybe the Curtain Jerker T-shirt might be a nice one, Mike. What do you think? I'm wearing one right now. Uh, you are. <laughs> one of the like, probably only like 10 in existence. Oh, will you stop? <laughs> will you stop? But anyways, they're having, it's, it's 20% off, uh, and that goes till Wednesday. 20% off right now. If you go, get multiple shirts, save money, enjoy. Get a Brian Malonis T-shirt or curtain jerker wpan t-shirt and you look like a million bucks absolutely two million bucks thanks and inflation <laughs> so the twitter contest is that still going on how are the twitter followers going yeah we're up to we're up over 2800 okay so you know i was i was only at like 2400 like not that long ago so you haven't really publicized that a lot have you what's that on the twitter i haven't really seen anything this past week about it no no i'm i'm I gotta get better at social media, man. I'm I, I'm terrible at it. Oh, believe me, me too. <laughs> I stink. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> these kids. <laughs> <laughs> these kids with their you know social media. They're all just like so good at like sticking the camera in their face, and like I don't know. One one is a purpose if somebody's sticking a camera in my face, like cutting a promo for wrestling. But it feels weird when I'm like in line to get like a fucking salad or something. <laughs> Hey, let me talk you through, you know, getting this salad here. I'm going to get some lettuce. Like, I don't know. It feels silly to me. Like you're putting over that you're getting salads. Yeah. Nice subtle. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think like, you know, I don't know. I mean, Chipotle. I don't really go to Chipotle, but. I see two full freaking, I just, on the corner of my eye, two full pineapples. Yes. I love pineapples. <laughs> you going to cut those things up later? Enzymes. Wow. <laughs> Holy Toledo. So uh, you're. Yeah, you're potential to go to madison square garden mike i gotta it's be g1 supercard season right yeah exactly so everybody's everybody's getting in better shape got new gear you know the whole nine yards new gear is coming yeah already on order all right we'll hopefully it's for not not for not <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll see uh the wpan.com the wpan.com that is our hub our home base our website it's basically the monks 
of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Would you say so? Indeed, with lots of uh, nudity. And well, no, there's no nudity. There's no nudity. <laughs> and you can go to the website to listen to the episodes. You can subscribe on the various podcast platforms right there just by clicking the links through the website, including iHeartRadio, including Spotify. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you get it delivered right to you every Monday morning. Plus, the social media links are there as well. We are at the WPAN on basically all social media platforms. So find us and follow us and the bios and the non-nude photos all at the WPAN.com, the WPAN.com. And Brian, we were talking about what we wanted to do today. And I think maybe we were a little inspired by the return of the podcast, Let the Chaos Begin, with Jamie J. Mikowski and Rich Palladino. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. It is on the For the Pops network feed. Just look up For the Pops wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find it on the NAI Pop Network, which we kind of used to be on that feed anyway. You're pioneers. Put it on the, put it on the map. <laughs> we were. We did. So uh, Kicked them to the curb. Right, right. <laughs> if they were talking about... Uh, the WFA and Chaotic Wrestling and this kind of war between promotions and what goes on between promotions, what goes on even in like your own locker room, indie politics, independent wrestling politics. A lot of times we have talked about this and just shook our heads. Why on this level for the amount of money that we're making for the amount of time we spend with the independent promotion, why do independent wrestling politics even exist? <laughs> Um, I mean, my, my honest opinion on it is indie wrestling politics exists because you have a bunch of guys who are just doing this part-time and for fun, but they want to pretend like they're truly in the wrestling business, and it gives them validation if they can come up with some sort of stupid drama to kind of just validate it. And, and they you can see it always like equates to what they think probably happens in the big leagues or whatever. There's nothing better to me than a... A 25-year vet with 25 matches talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, the business is brother with all the politics. Like, no, nah, I really don't. <laughs> That's a very good point. Just validating the fact that they're in the wrestling business. I've really thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for some guys, just the the actual act of, hey, I chased my dream. It didn't work out, but I've had a lot of fun along the way type of thing. Like, that's not validation enough for the physical pain they might be in from years of doing it or the amount of time spent training or you know although you'll know, usually some of these guys aren't the types that spent a lot of time training and mm. they're working you know three shows a year type you know type guys yeah like the less shows they have the less experience they have the more they have this overinflated sense of self and bring this politics to the business yeah i mean there's, a, there's something better to me than when you see like you know this guy who's been around forever and again it's to me i talk about like it's a 25 year veteran with 25 matches yeah. and they're just like they're getting dressed you know i'll set the scene here they're sitting in the corner of the locker room just like expecting everybody who comes in the building to come seek them out and find them in the corner and they, you know, they're pulling their stuff out and usually it's you know a singlet that was bought off the rack at Dick's Sporting Goods somewhere <laughs> along the way and they got these wrestling boots they've had their entire career uh, uh, I don't know why I still do this stuff duh, 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 duh. like just talking about like 
you know, it's almost like, you know, in, in, in their mind, they're like the Undertaker who, who you know, you, I can picture the Undertaker being in like the locker room at WrestleMania, putting on his boots like, oh, my God, well, I can't believe I'm still doing this all these years later. But he's making a million dollars to go <laughs> to go do a match. And then you get this this guy who, you know, has gone nowhere, done nothing, spent his entire career in one state. And uh, I don't know why I still do this. And my answer would be like, I don't know why you are either. You're making like 20 bucks. It's not like you need to do this to put bread on the table for your family. So how close were you to being one of those guys before this contract came up? I, I was never. <laughs> I was. I was never that guy. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely. You know, I definitely had some some bitterness over just feeling overlooked. You know, and feeling like I never got a fair shake type of thing. But uh, the actual act of wrestling, like I've always enjoyed. That's what's kept me doing it through the tough times. Is I like being there. I like going out and performing. I like hanging out with certain people in the locker rooms. So I think like you probably equate it to WWE is to Major League Baseball as indie wrestling is to like like a softball league. Essentially, yeah. I mean there's 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 definitely higher stakes, you know, sort of indies or when I think of like a beyond wrestling or a northeast wrestling or PWG or, or or places like that, like that's definitely more of a a higher stakes indie. I'm I'm talking about you. These are the types of guys you find on the shows that draw like 75 people. Yeah. So let's talk about independent wrestling politics between promotions. And we heard about this on Let the Chaos Begin with uh, Chaotic versus the WFA. But and I talked about it way back when we were way back a few weeks ago when we were talking about the start of New England pro wrestling where we had the three islands. There was Kowalski's group. There was Jeff Costa's group in New Hampshire, and then there was Yankee Pro with uh, Joe Eugenio. So, and no one could cross into either promotion, and I talked about uh, Freight Train Fulton and Bill Wilcox. They went to work a outlaw indie show that wasn't a part of any of these three islands, and uh, they were excommunicated from Killer Kowalski's, and uh, that was it for them. If you were part of one of these groups, you couldn't go to one of these other groups. That's just the way it was, and that carried... I mean, for a long time. It does still today. There's yeah. still things like this that exist today, and it's so stupid. I mean, uh, I mean, the one that's probably you know, the we're closest to is the chaotic and WFA slash Steve Bradley type thing, which, which I totally understand why Steve Bradley was extremely pissed off. You know, in the actual story, like I, I would have been pissed off too. Um, but just this stupid thing of like, if you work here, you can't work there, and it does really nothing but hurt the guys. It doesn't, you know, I don't even know that it hurts the promotions. It just hurts the guys, uh, really, because it's it's one less, you know, especially with those two companies, it's one less reputable place to go work that's taken off of your even potential calendar. You know, for all the, I don't want you to go out to work shit shows. Well, don't limit their good shows. I can go work on then, you know. The Chaotic and WFA thing, I wouldn't say that it was like dirty pool, though. It was just WFA brought shows in locations sometimes pretty close on the same street as Chaotic Wrestling. I mean, maybe it's a little dirty pool when it comes to independent wrestling, but they brought competition. They brought a exciting product that really made Chaotic Wrestling step up their game. The, the going to the same town things, like especially if you're running on the same night, to me, I never understand that because you're not just hurting your competition, you're hurting yourself because all you're going to do is split the audience. Well, the crossing enemy lines, Brian. <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> was it the same night? I don't even remember. It, there, they did w- at least one that was the same night. It was, And it was on the same street, but it was in Lawrence, and we were in Methuen. It was on that you know, Route 28 there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just it just makes no sense to me because when you have sh- you're running shows, and I remember a lot um, when I first started this happening more. You'd have like four shows within like a fifteen twenty minute drive of one another. I mean, I, I've literally double shotted shows that were across the street from from one another, <laughs> um, and it's just all you're doing is splitting the audience, really. It, which, when you think about like just good business principles, that's Really stupid. Did you get any <laughs> like, heat from one promotion from going across the street to work the other promotion? No. No? Neither one of them cared. No, really? <laughs> no. There's no politics there. That's... Yeah, it's yeah. There, there wasn't there wasn't there. But when I think of like the WFA and, and chaotic stuff, it was just it was just really silly. I mean, they even. I mean, I think of some of the things like they squashed our champion on a show up in Littleton, then put it on their website. But then when you think about it, like who even gives a shit? It doesn't even matter. Like nobody cares. When Billy Kryptonite came out as the Chaotic Wrestling Champion, the next show there was nobody saying like, "Oh, you got beat by this guy up in Littleton, New Hampshire, in three seconds or whatever." Like, yeah. Nobody, nobody cared. And and then I remember when you know Andre Lyons and the Mighty Mini, two guys who, unless you're a follower of Chaotic Wrestling ten years ago, you have no idea who these guys are. They left Chaotic Wrestling and they went to the WFA and they filmed like this little stupid thing of them in front of like the door of like the WFA school or whatever and just like, these smirks on their face like like anybody watching this even fucking knows like the WFA crowd didn't even know who they were like like that's one thing I, that's one thing I've learned about even this day and age like with with indie wrestling the fans especially like when I think about the Chaotic fans and Lowell. Like ninety percent of the fans that came to that PAV venue lived in the damn neighborhood. Yeah, yeah like so they di- they didn't know like anything outside of that, and I think that's pretty common. Unless you're like a hardcore indie fan, predominantly the people who are going to your show are very local. They're, I mean, even I mean, I think about chaotic when we were running Lowell and Woburn, and how different the crowds were just from those two towns that are what twenty five minutes apart. Yeah, yeah, and we'd try to run shows that were. Storyline driven from show to show, and the people that show up in Woburn don't understand what's going on in Lowell, and vice versa. So it made things uh, a little. It was always one of my big fights with, yes. like, in, when I when I was booking, was trying to be like, I wanted to do like uh, Lowell to Lowell shows, and then was Woburn to Woburn storylines. Yeah. yeah, and and even Tarzan fought me on that. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's tough, but also with the you know online presence of chaotic wrestling and other promotions, you can string people along and get people to understand what's going on but i don't know how many well, that, was, that was my other that was my other fight i used to fight about we should do an opening video like jim kettner used to do which tells everybody in five minutes everything they need to know for the night who to cheer who to boo what happened like and nobody wanted to do that either but anyway I, I, I did my best i did my best we got all the videos for the previous show together to to put on the big screen and lead up to the show yeah, but it was just for people to infer. Like I, what I loved about Jim Kettner, and we're on a little bit of a side tangent here, but Jim Jim Kettner was probably ECWA and Delaware. Yeah, ECW, the smartest promoter I've ever worked for. Um, he's somebody we should try to get on here sometime. I don't know if he'd do it, but yeah. uh, one of the best minds I've ever met in wrestling. And um, when he came up with uh, Maniac Mark Malonis, the chick magnet, <laughs> yes, definitely the smartest promoter I ever worked for. But he would do this little five minute video. And it would be like um, like the opening of like a television show, almost like last time in the ECWA. It's like essentially it was these guys are the bad guys, these guys are the good guys. Here's what the dastardly bad guys did. Here's what the good guys are going to try to do this time. Like it was just it was very basic and elementary. But if you're somebody who weren't wasn't following their stories, you just came to their show for the first time. They just told you 
everything you needed to know for the entire night of like who to cheer for, who to boo, and here's what happened. And this is why you should care about this match. It was so simple yet so genius. Yeah, let's get back on track though, Kingpin. Let's talk about. I mean, there's Chaotic and WFA, but then there was the other promotions that would come and try to oppose Chaotic and run the same night in Lowell. <laughs> you had uh, VCW, right? Victory Championship Wrestling. Yes, which my brother worked. <laughs> my brother worked the show the, the night against Chaotic. Which and I he wasn't excommunicated completely? I mean, nobody cared. Nobody was trying to book the... For, yeah, we, we'll get into like my, the accusations laid against me over the years, but you would have figured if I had really had any stroke in chaotic wrestling I uh, before I actually became like the booker and stuff, like I would have been able to get my brother in the door, right? Right, and then you became booker and automatically, almost instantly, <laughs> your brother was in chaotic wrestling show. Well, the, we, I mean, we can get into that, but that he was like third on the list of the, the choices I wanted. But there was, yeah, VCW, which was run by Jason Rumble and Bo Douglas. Uh, was Bo Douglas? It was it more Jason Rumble? I think Bo worked for them, but it was more like Jason Rumble was the guy running it. Do we know what the deal was behind that? Why they wanted this opposition? They ran, I think it was called the Lafayette Club in Lowell. Yeah, they got that building for free because of a guy named Bare Knuckle Burley. Okay. Um, who worked for them? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, he had ties to that building, so they basically got the building for free, and then decided to run against us for some inexplicable reason. And it went on for a number of months. I think maybe we should get somebody on to figure out why this even happened. But it because people build up in their mind. Like, it's funny. I I, I talked to a couple fellas involved. You know, I talked I talked to a lot of people involved in local, you know, indie wrestling. And when they start talking about this sort of shit, and I'm just like, I stop them. And I'm like. You're not in competition, though. Chaotic Wrestling is not in competition with Northeast Wrestling. They're not. They serve two different audiences, and 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 even if they run the same night, like it, it's just. I think I think a lot of the indie companies, if they were smart, would figure out ways to work together instead of against each other, because you're. I mean, especially everybody has like their little kind of places they stick to, and even if somebody comes in and on a different night, like. I don't, I don't know. Like, is it really that big of a deal? But if they work together a little more, like, just really, you're not in competition. They're not in competition. Beyond Wrestling is not in competition with Chaotic Wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I heard Jamie on Let the Chaos Begin kind of uh, poo-pooing this idea these days of promotions working together. Yeah, he, yeah, he gets he gets very upset at the thought of that. But to me, it's like you're not you're there's you're not in competition. You're you're creating like again, this is people romanticizing what the pro wrestling business is, and they think about WCW versus WWE and the Monday Night Wars, and like we're in, this is our competition. But you're really not. You're not running the same fucking night and and fighting for the same audience. You're fighting for completely different audiences, and and largely you're running probably on different nights and in completely different towns, far away from each other. Like it does like. Why wouldn't you try to work with each other? Yeah, that's the way I see too. But I mean, everyone wants to fight over these same two, three hundred fans, and yeah, you're just like you said. What you're do spirits. I know, Mike? You know what do I know? You've only been around for seventeen <laughs> years, right? So, what was that other promotion that ran? It was run by like a fan of Chaotic Wrestling who decided I'm going to run a show and put it up against oh, Chaotic. I remember this. He tried to book like all of us. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't quite remember. Well, well then the most infamous that I can recall is Collision Pro. Collision Pro. Yeah. Collision Pro ran up against Chaotic Wrestling a number of times. They ran out of the Lowell YMCA a bunch of times and there's an infamous scene that I can recall 
going back to the chaotic training center <laughs> after a chaotic show. Yeah. After every show, we would go back to the CTC, the training facility, to bring the ring in, set the ring back up again at the school. And we got there one day after a show, late at night, to find our school vandalized. Yeah, we actually thought maybe they had broken in, too, at first, because the lights were on, and like all of us couldn't remember, like, oh, shit, did somebody just leave the lights on or whatever, which it turns out like somebody had just left the lights on. But we were thinking, like, oh, shit, did they break in, too? Did Jamie call the cops? I think so, yeah. I don't know if they showed up. Collision. I don't remember what it said. Do you remember what it said, Mike? Yes. It said, uh, in graffiti and spray paint across the door, collision rules, asshole. (laughs) Where is Collision Pro Wrestling these days? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think they're running the Lowell YMCA because no one can get into the Lowell YMCA because they ruined it. They burned the building, yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that and that's what happens a lot with these fly by night promotions with no real stake in trying to stick around. Yep. Like, you know, this this guy comes and he has money and he wants to run a couple shows and then they burn a building and the building doesn't ever want wrestling again for uh he doesn't want a reputable uh promotion to run there. Yeah, it's like it's not like, oh, we don't want collision pro. It's like we got burned by independent wrestling, so we don't want wrestling in this building. Yeah, they think that they think that they're all the same and um it's really, you know, it's really too bad when that you know when that happens yeah i i I remember that i remember that night like it was like it was yesterday yeah um just stupid stuff i think that what they thought we tore down their posters or some shit or some stupid thing or that was a big thing too about posters sometimes you hear the cops end up calling you and saying that we found out about these posters they're not supposed to be on the telephone poles so we had to pull these off and you you know the promoter thinks was it just the cop that saw them or was it someone that called them yeah you see you hear all kinds of things about opposing promoters calling buildings that promoters are running trying calling, to get them yeah, to cancel calling shows. buildings i mean something i've seen too is promotions that advertise WWE former WWE superstars as their WWE name and then all of a sudden they get copyright claim against them to stop advertising them as such mm. and all sorts of things. I mean that's which brings a uh, big time wrestling coming into Lowell too. Ran in Lowell as well. They did? Yeah, with uh, they ran at Oh, the, they ran at the uh, the, the ballpark. Yeah. Well, no, they ran at the UMass. Oh, place, that's right. Across. And that's right. Yes. Mark Sherman worked worked the show. <laughs> 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 that went over well. I, no, I don't think so. But I mean, for me, like, I don't. Who cares? Like, you know, especially like a guy, you know, like Sherman. Well, Sherman wasn't like a main guy at that point. It was before like he was a like, chaotic champion or anything. Like, I mean, is that really going to impact your ticket sales for your next show? If, but again, the, the two promoters should just work together. Like, oh, cool, you're running, you're running this show. Well, the show I have before it, I'll advertise for you. Uh, and the the show, you know, the show after, you know, yeah, at your show, can I? advertise my next show that i'm running in lowell like i I don't know yeah and it seems like i talked about before there is a wider gap between the big promotions and the small promotions you don't see as much i mean maybe i'm just out of the loop but you don't see as much the two big competitors going against each other in the same town fighting for the same crowd no like i said it's, it's almost broken down like a territory system almost i think in at least in this area where for the most part, like chaotic runs like the Lowell, Woburn, like they got that sort of area. And then, you know, Northeast has Connecticut and um or, or parts of Connecticut, like that, you know, it's like Bethany, um, 
New Haven, Danbury. Like, yeah, Danbury, Waterbury, like that that area. Um, Western Mass really is. I think is only like Pioneer Valley right now. So it's you know Peabody is Liberty States Wrestling. Uh, the like the Newburyport, Amesbury area. That's Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Everybody like stays for the most part in their little areas. And I think I mean I, I so I mean <laughs> I had a night off. I had a night off and no kids and no wife, and I went to a wrestling show that I wasn't booked on. Uh, so I went to the Atlantic Pro Wrestling Show, but you're just looking to collect congratulations on your yeah, ROH contract. I, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, everyone there thinks you're scouting, right? So they're, all, they're <laughs> yeah. all treating you nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they, I mean, they had probably like they probably had like two fifty, uh, two hundred fifty people. I last did see night. Uh, a good looking house. Yeah, pictures. they were they were packed. They were like packed to the walls, like standing room only, legitimate standing room only. So everybody just sticks in their areas, promotes their show, does well, and you can all make money. That and that's kind of my point to the people I talk to. It's just like everybody can win, everybody can make money. You're not really in competition with anybody. You're you're in competition with yourself. And if you promote your show and do the things you're supposed to do, at the end of the night, you'll put a few bucks in your pocket. How was uh, Demon Ortiz versus Big Bacon, our buddy? Fantastic. Really? Great, yeah, great match. I knew it would be. Those two guys I knew would would mesh pretty well. Um, I, 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 said it, I said it to both of them, and I said to somebody else, too. I go, the other thing that I knew would make it really good uh, was the fact that both of them have a touch of crazy in them. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I knew it would be a really good match. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if Atlantic Pro Wrestling is going to distribute that or not or what their plans are, but if they do, like, definitely seek it out. It was a great match. They used to put up full shows. I'm not sure if that still happens. I think no, they I streamed think, it. I don't think they do that anymore. No? I don't think they put up the full shows anymore. They have like a different production now. Like they I know the, the ownership has switched over since then, I think. so. Yeah, and they used to have like a really elaborate production set up and they would do like live editing and things like that. So Okay, so Kingpin, let's go from promotion to promotion politics to politics within the locker room. Heat, you mean? Heat. Heat? Indie politics in the backstage area. I know, Brian, that you were the center of it when you kept Matt Taven and Bob Evans out of Catech Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'd love to know where those... It wasn't just me. It was uh, Handsome as well. Was, of course. I mean, come on. You guys were... Me uh, and Hanson were running the show, keeping guys... Yeah. Keeping guys out to protect our spots, I, I guess, or whatever, which were protected by the fact that we went to the school where were the trainers at the school and... Two of the finest pro wrestlers that the world has ever seen. Well, let's let's be honest here, Brian. <laughs> you did have the ear of the promoter of Chaotic Wrestling. You, I never you had, worked. You I worked n- with them. I never had, and you you can even vouch for this. I never had the ear of him like like Hanson did. Oh boy, here we go. Come on, is that not true? You were. I mean, maybe you were one A. He was one. Oh my God! No way! There is no way! Like there, I I didn't have the. You worked with them in two different companies, Jamie. Yeah, I. But Jamie, I didn't have the two hour long meetings with Jamie every single day in his office like like Hanson did. Well, I didn't witness that. I came in late in the game to uh, the dildo factory. So. Yeah, Todd would just live in Jamie's office half the time. All right, so you're completely denying the fact that you pushed your own agenda with. Uh, Jamie Jamikowski, Chaotic Wrestling. For my shit, like I'd fight for my shit, but I wasn't lobbying for or against other people. So Bob Evans, you didn't keep him out. Absolutely not. Are you sure? Yes, it was Jamie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I remember Bob Evans having a match. He did. We went to this cage or whatever, and then he wrestled Elia, but it's stupid. Like I I you know, I had nothing to do with this, and all it did was I I I'd love to know this to this day who the fuck you know, and, and Bob's a great guy, so Bob doesn't want to cause 
friction and throw anybody under the bus. And so uh, to this day, I still don't know who spread like the information uh, of me keeping, you know, me and, and Hanson keeping him and Matt Taven out of chaotic wrestling, which was the stupidest thing. I ended up calling both of them the day like I, I found it out and I was just kind of like had it out with them. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I one, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care enough. What the hell difference does it matter to me who Chaotic brought in? I mean, how many years did they keep you out of Ring of Honor? You're just now getting a contract. <laughs> Bob Evans and Matt Taven wielding their power to keep you out. And finally... Oh, two of the guys that have probably spoken up for me the most. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, it's just silly. Like, why... You know, but, but, I mean, that's how you have to de- address those things, too. Because that's the other thing that happens in these political things. Like, it's no information that pe- and people just filling in gaps and, like, literally creating things from nothing. You know, if I if I hadn't called them to just square it away immediately, who knows where that goes? Like if I just they're just silence, you know, like I called each of them on the phone and just play, hey, do you think this? Okay, why do you think this? You know, like okay, and it's and then it's not it's completely not true. And you got it squashed. So, yeah, yeah, cuz it was it was it was really, you know, it was really silly. There's a uh, I think Tarzan tells a story too of like when him and kevbo first came on and there was like a meeting up in the up in the office at um chaotic school yeah and me and hansen were there and they were like both like surprised by that or like put off by that it's like why we've yeah, like the dx of chaotic wrestling we started there we we help you know you want me to help with things but then you wanted me to butt out on certain other things too like you know like fuck you I've been here a lot longer than you, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, like, if I should have, I should, I should be able to speak my mind. I think I'd earned that right by that point, especially running the school. And at that point, I don't even think we were, me and Todd were getting paid to run the school at that point. So, so you found nothing wrong with you sitting in on meetings with the booker and the owner and stuff? On that initial meeting? No, I don't. I why, don't why? What was with that initial meeting? It was just. It was like I think they had just like getting to know you. Yeah, I think they had just like it had just been decided they were taking over, and then they were at the school, and Jamie also called me and Todd, and it was just kind of talking about how things were going to be going forward, and I think they were talking about like bringing some, you know, some people in, in which I was asked my opinion on the people, and I said, well, you know, I wasn't lobbying to bring them in. I just said, well, here's my experience with this person. And so it's basically just Jamie saying, okay, guys, this is who you lobby to. This is who you politic to now. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you just did a mean gene where the the water bottle just went, whoa. I think as evidence by the fact that where we are in our careers now, I I would say that our talent dictated where we were on the card. Excuse me. (laughs) Pardon me. But I mean, there's even there's even shit like that. Like those guys came in, uh, you know, I can tell tell this story like those guys came in. I, I had been the champion for a long stretch at that point, and the first thing they say is they want to take the belt off me immediately and change me and turn me to babyface with no explanation what their thought process was, and they felt like they didn't owe me an explanation at all. So let me get this straight. Your first duty is you want to take me off the top of the company and completely change everything I've ever been, and you don't think you owe me any sort of explanation on this? And then and then I'm just thinking, like, well, these guys just don't want me around. <laughs> like, But the babyface turn worked out pretty well for you, didn't it? Uh, not chaotic, did it? That 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 the oh yeah, I guess that I whole angle that turned that whole yeah. angle that turned you was very yeah, well but, done. But you can't see why. Like I would be like, whoa, wait a minute here, and then when then when I get stonewalled on like explanation, like you can't see how that would turn me off or put me put me off. 
I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, that's. Like, I think that's. I think that's fair. And then the. I mean, the other thing I think about is when I went to them, I was like, okay, so how are we gonna? Oh, we're just gonna have you lose this match. I'm like, wait, I have the longest reign in history. We should tell that story. That's a built-in story. We can just like, oh my god, this guy hasn't been beaten in a year and a half. Like, big build-up to it. Nah, we'll just beat you in a triple threat match. All right. <laughs> cool. Good booking. You just didn't want to lose. No, I, I I was perfectly fine with losing. Let's just let's take advantage of the story that's already been made that the people I mean that, that if, if I had to criticize Tarzan and Kevbo when they came in they basically just wanted to whitewash everything and start like it was a new promotion which is hit stu- the reset button brother that, that's exactly what they wanted to do which to me is idiotic that's the a Vince Russo thing you don't like when they did that in WCW no it's stupid <laughs> but anyway I mean but that's indie wrestling politics right yeah, yeah. I mean, and let's talk about, uh, I mean, we've talked about this. Chaotic- and by the way, this, it all meant nothing. There was no money at stake. I was going to get paid my same, <laughs> I think I was making $50 at that point. So I was going to get paid my same $50 no matter if I was heel, babyface, first match, last match. Yes, you would get very worked up about things that, in the grand scheme of things, didn't seem to matter. From the outside looking in, didn't really matter. Independent wrestling, like you said, you get the same pay no matter what happens. But what is it in the mind that you're so invested? Well, a lot of it is one, yeah, caring. You want you want shit to be good. Like you don't, I don't want it to suck. <laughs> like basically, like if I'm doing, and 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 that's like where the flip sides of it come. Like it's like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, like you spend a lot of time and you want things to be good too. So I, I would just see these things and like I feel like nobody wants like you don't want to like they were the toughest two bookers to ever work with Tarzan and and Kevbo because uh and you were the you, you throw you in the same boat. What? You never wanted to have to explain yourself. You just wanted people to blindly follow you, which like when you're talking about something that is has artistic qualities to it and performance qualities to it, like that's such an unrealistic dumb expectation. So no one could come up with a good idea except for you, for yourself. Literally not what I said. I, it sure I, seems I said, like nothing can happen without your input. If it's something you want me to perform, yeah, I think I should be able to offer some sort of artistic interpretation on it as well. I think nobody knows me or my character better than me, and, and, and I think the same for most guys. All right. Well, regardless, Kingpin. But that's what that's that's the basis of like things that would upset me. We're just like I'm like, well, this fucking idea stinks, or like, or I would just be like. Hey, I think that's great. I think we could expand upon that or tweak it a little bit, and it would just be met with three of the most irrational, stubborn, pig-headed fellas I've ever met who didn't want any input. You, Kevbo, Tarzan. You could tell that one. One of you guys could tell ninety. You know, could tell your entire idea, and I could say I like ninety-nine percent of this. What about this one percent? And oh, you don't fucking like it. Oh, like, or, you know, the, whose the, voice the, is that? Tarzan. <laughs> but but it's just like no, I I like ninety-nine percent of it. I don't. I like this one, and that's not even. I don't like that one percent. I think we could tweak that one percent. So you're claiming here that you've never been opposed to losing. You've never balked at doing a job. It's just the way that it's handled yeah i've never cared about like a win or like the actual win or loss or anything like that i would just want like like think about that title situation i thought like why wouldn't we tell that story why wouldn't we i I, i've had the title for 18 months that's a really good story to tell of like who's gonna be the person to finally rise up and beat this big bad fucking villain that's been terrorizing the company for 18 months like you have a and if you build up somebody whether it was brian i forget i don't know if it was brian or handsome who beat me but 
like you build that up and like you've just built this like the guy's automatically built because he just was able to overcome somebody who hasn't been pinned in 18 months so who'd you politics to get an 18 month reign uh, you know that that was one of those things where it was like it was i think it was like by an it was like an accident thing I think it just happened. <laughs> like, although when you talk about again, though, when you're talking about indie wrestling, though, it's like, oh my god, 18 months as champion. That's what 16 shows. <laughs> like, I mean, like you're talking about like you know not you're not talking about weekly Monday Night Raw with pay per views, and that, I mean, that, and that's another thing too is the booking and your your book episodic type stuff for stuff that people see once a month. It's hard to follow sometimes. It's very hard to follow anything with nuance. People are not, are gonna are gonna are going to lose that which is largely the stuff i would lobby against and i still lobby against to this day what just when when again a promotion runs a show once a month and they have like this super nuanced thing and in their mind they know the story but they're forgetting the fact that well you're building this in the in the vein of what wwe does but wwe has a guy on commentary telling you at home exactly what you should think feel and know uh, without the commentators, a lot of the WWE stories, like without the commentators, you would lose a big piece of it because they're telling you the story. Where in indie wrestling, it's just a live crowd watching the show, so anything with nuance is just completely lost. That's something that I always rallied against, and you hear people in chaotic management say, "Ah, oh, the fans don't remember that." It's like <laughs> give the fans a little more credit. Do something that people can understand in broad strokes, but for the people that are really paying attention, give them the little more nuanced stuff. Yeah, but it's still it's still I think going to be blatant. I think it's still going to be in their face because you don't have somebody telling them what to think. And I still to this day I still think about the the feud that me and John Walters had, you know, twelve years ago that nobody knew was going on except for the Bookers of Chaotic and you and, John and me and John Walters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So you've never balked at doing a job. Have you ever witnessed someone in an independent wrestling locker room? balk at doing a job <laughs> i've never witnessed it but i've been on shows where i know somebody didn't want to do a job before yeah I'd, I'd rather not say their name but and how did this get resolved uh the person won <laughs> 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 that's how it happened huh yeah when you die your win and loss record is not going to be on your gravestone <laughs> like you know it, it does it doesn't matter like i, I like i agree like I, I never have a problem with somebody who's like Hey, does this make sense here? Can we build up to this? Like stuff like that. But ultimately, like, who gives a shit if you lose? So, I mean, you've never done it, Brian. We've established that. Oh my god! Do you have like an example of me or something? You're building up to something here about <laughs> me losing to somebody. I mean, I've lost to fucking Tony Omega, who and I and it was my idea. So, I mean, I'm sure you have one example of one time where I might have said I don't want to lose to this guy or something. So, why don't you just lay it on me, Mike? No, you're lucky. I have a terrible memory, Brian. But I'm just <laughs> saying, how would one politic not to do a job in independent wrestling? What would you say? How would you go about that? Most times, they find the promoter and whine about it behind everybody else's back to the promoter yeah yeah that's normally or text messages now and and things like that like i you Any know threats I, made uh what could you threaten in independent wrestling oh uh, with one guy yeah i think there was physical you know and i think about i was the booker at the time or one you know me and tarzan were and you know this one particular fellow was very upset about not getting the championship and and i think i'm pretty sure threatened like physical violence <laughs> I was just talking about like threatening like, to like quit and walk out and leave. Oh, threaten oh. physical violence. I mean, there was a there wasn't there was an idiot uh, who was one of Brian Fury's students who I know in a battle royal who's going to have to do a spot with uh, a female wrestler and just left the building. 
<laughs> I think I might know who this student is. Yeah. It's from yeah, the yeah. South? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, but, but again, most of this stuff is done back channel and like, you know, and then they, they act surprised when the change is made. Like, oh, I didn't know. Oh. Wow, I guess they changed their mind. <laughs> like, you know. Do we want to talk about the carrot dangle? Yeah, I mean, it's a form of, of indie politics. I mean, we talk about when I think about... Uh, God, Jamie's going to be so fucking mad when he hears this. <laughs> presuming he even listens. But uh, but it's... the Yeah, the WWE, for example, Chaotic Wrestling had like the WWE carrot to dangle in, in front of us. So that, you know, kept us in line, I guess, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, we were willing to work for very little money. And I don't think it's any secret, at least amongst... The boys like chaotic was notoriously low pay but you had opportunities if you went there yeah it was the offset of it so okay i'm gonna make less money but you know there's this opportunity greater opportunity there to which i mean i guess they're smart to take advantage of that but it's it's political <laughs> it is and you asked me before we started recording if there is referee politics yeah and there is like oh it comes to like, now you want to talk about stupidity talk- <laughs> <laughs> they're like i never cared about being the senior official of categorizing or anywhere else <laughs> it really there's nothing to the title whatsoever i think some people think that it means that you can Name the referees and where they are placed on the card. You know, you you set up who refs what. I think like in Ring of Honor, like Todd, I mean Todd Sinclair is a senior official, and I think he does like the ref assignments and and whatnot. So in chaotic wrestling, it was determined before, I mean before that night, which some promotions, you know, you get the card and then you just fill the refs in. But chaotic Does was it fucking matter who the ref is. What is- <laughs> so anyway the senior official apparently had these great magical powers where he could name the officials who name who refereed what match so if the senior official job was ever up in the air people would do what they could they perhaps politic to become the senior official now that i have seen <laughs> it's silliness but yeah the just the act itself of what matches you ref things can happen where referees go to wrestlers and say hey you, you mind if i ref your match and oh i already talked to this guy and he wants me to ref his match and uh people clamoring for the main event people clamoring for the match with the former wwe star on it there's a lot of that stuff that goes and people you know going high up to ask to referee certain matches it's there's just i mean it's not as much i think on the scale of what's going on with the wrestlers but yes there is bickering there is uh some politicking between referees <laughs> yeah i have witnessed some of that and it um it's really really silly to me but i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean like, but you know it's kind of goes back to our original point in which a lot of this stuff exists not all of it you know, um, a lot of it exists, though, guys trying to validate what they're doing and, and needing more than just, like, I like to do this and I want to. And, like, they need some sort of validation and, and try to equate it to something on a bigger scale and try to increase the importance, you know, of it. I always, yeah, I always felt weird saying I was in the business when I was doing shots on weekends for promotions in front of 
you know, a hundred people or whatnot. It always felt a little, <laughs> yeah. a little weird. Uh, it's just so, I mean, you when you get booked to be an extra in WWE, you see how different, what the scale is, how many times it increases in size when you get to the WWE. Yeah, I mean, the best thing is, though, is when you get WWE extra work and you realize, like, how disorganized they are <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing going on yeah exactly or but you know and i and i will say this and now that i have a point now that i have a point of reference there's always going to be some sort of political avenue when there's when there's money involved you know i think that goes without saying but i think it's on a much lesser to a much lesser degree once you start to get to the higher levels then you know the political game is probably played more in the boardrooms you know behind the scenes than with the actual guys and as we displayed here there is still politics involved even when there's no money involved <laughs> yes yeah in- indeed and if you want to find out more about indie politics let us know what you think on twitter use the hashtag wpan we are at the wpan on twitter so give us your feedback what you think about indie politics any questions you have we'll be sure to answer them either on twitter or on a future episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing we want to hear your voice on this podcast get your voicemails in we'll play them on the show 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-wpan and let's talk about booking the territory for just a second, Brian, with Mike Mills, Harbody Hopper, and Doc Turner. They do two episodes a week, Sundays and Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com. That's the place where you can go. Or you can subscribe to Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcasts. That Southern style wrestling they're doing down there, Brian. Wrestling. Yes. Uh, I did I did quite a bit of wrestling in the South uh, these days. You have been. Yeah. You get the flavor. Yeah. Going to go to Memphis. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lawler. Mr. Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. I hear that uh, that's easy listening while you're on the plane heading to various locales yeah. around the states. Yeah, I was listening to their uh, their royal rankings and uh, really enjoying it. I had to full full disclosure, I have been really behind. Uh, so when I do travel, that gives me an opportunity to catch up on on podcasts and whatnot. So uh, and, and you'll be happy to know I'm even behind on Conrad Thompson hosted uh, podcast as well. So very nice, very <laughs> nice. Check out ovppodcast.com, their website for our vantage point, the retro love, wrestling podcast. I love, and I don't know, I don't know how, how long it's been the theme. So if I'm calling it the new theme, and it's been like you know a while, but I love the new. The, the the new to me theme that they use it's fantastic oh yes the song yes they've been doing that for a little while now kingpin so let's talk about greetings from allentown with pw our neighbor peter winson they talk about a sync up i should say he because it's just one man a solo podcast peter winson all by his onesies talking about one single episode of wrestling television so it's one man talking about one episode of tv every time we talk about this i think about uh we talk about him being like solo i think about when kramer has the intern and and he's talking to the, like the dean of students or whatever she's like i <laughs> looks like a, a, sol- a solitary man who uh who may or may not have a chicken let's push this giant ball of oil out the window (laughs) (laughs) greetings from allentown gf allentown check out his show on his own feed or the person only feed on place to be nation that is greetings from allentown and finally the rundown wrestling podcast part of the rundown wrestling network check out rundownwrestling.com to find out about the tens of shows on that network rundownwrestling.com subscribe to rundown wrestling podcast and the others and enjoy Joy. Brian, it's time for this week's promo about nothing. 
But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, applying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got gates. I do, Mike. I return to action on Sunday afternoon. How about that? A Sunday afternoon, uh, March the 3rd in Providence, Rhode Island for Providence Wrestling Party. Uh, Find Providence Wrestling Party on uh, Facebook. I know they have an event there. uh, So uh, I'll be wrestling AJ Phoenix, who I did find out is a minor. So uh, he's 17 years old. So after I uh, bludgeon him, I might be going to jail, buddy. This no is... toast of honor. Yeah. No, 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 to- no. No toast of honor in this sh- <laughs> at this show. But, uh, you know, find Providence Wrestling Party for uh, on Facebook and, and go to that event. Check it out. I'm, I'm really excited. New place. Uh, speaking of, well, not a new place, but a place I haven't been in a while. Friday night, March the 8th, I'll be heading up to Lisbon Falls, Maine. Really? Yeah, I guess it's just outside of Lewiston, from what I'm told, uh, for NAWA. Uh, that's uh, our good friend Larry Huntley. I was talking to him last night. So I'll be heading up to the great state of Maine. I've always loved the state of Maine. Mike. That's what I hear. Everybody knows that. I love the state of Maine. And NAWA uh, doing great things. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a benefit for the Lisbon Falls High School. So uh, come out and support a great event. There is also a Facebook event for that, uh, which I will no doubt be sharing. Uh, and then, Mike, uh, on March the 16th, a Saturday night, I'll be heading to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada to see Johnny Vegas, and also to perform <laughs> on Ring of Honor's international TV tape at the Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall. Uh, RRHWrestling.com for tickets to that. The night before uh, is RRH's uh, 17th anniversary pay-per-view. I will not be on it, but at the aforementioned Matt Taven will be main eventing the event, challenging for uh, Jay Lethal's Ring of Honor World Championship. And the uh, championship that he held, Matt Taven, the, the fake ROH World title that... Uh, Jason Stewart is quite opposed to. That was recently destroyed. Yes, that got the axe. <laughs> it did, literally, quite literally got the axe. <laughs> yes, that was in Lakeland, Florida. Yes, I did see that. They shared that online. So, so I, I had, No uh, spoilers. I had... Uh, yeah, they did share it online. So I, yeah, I had... It's funny. I'd been watching the monitor or whatever, and I actually uh, went to go get a drink of water and use the restroom, and I came back, and the belt is laying there in pieces and i'm like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) it's quite a long bathroom break (laughs) well things happen yeah you know sometimes you gotta everybody poops mike (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then mike at the end of the month the big one you're part of it you're booked for it Mm -hmm. we haven't discussed pay yet but uh you know hot dog and a handshake comes to mind when i think (laughs) of your pay but astromania coming to Derry, new hampshire at pinkerton academy it's conjunction with the pinkerton class of 2019 looking to help raise some funds for them i'm working with liberty states wrestling and of course as i mentioned the bouncers will have to drink root beer that night on the way to the ring again we'll have to adjust the uh toast of honor but uh because we'll be in a school setting i don't want to get arrested me and the bruiser don't want to get arrested for possession of alcohol on a school grounds mm-hmm. so we'll have to avoid that uh but Let's talk about that uh, senior official position for astromania brian <laughs> you fall ticking yes <laughs> but me and the beer city bruiser the bouncer the brawler and the bruiser the bouncers coming to Derry, new hampshire to take on the logan brothers two-thirds of the mill city hooligans speaking of the mill city hooligans chase del monte will also be uh, a part of this event as will cam zagami although that's not his name anymore uh so it's uh, not no he has like some weirdo thing he's doing now i think it actually fits him a little more because he's kind of a weirdo but exactly uh, <laughs> robo the punjabi lion the liberty states heavyweight champion Vern vicala will be there todd sopel a graduate of pinkerton academy will also be there setherin vanity 
Bobby Vixen. Uh, I'm forgetting. Uh, Davian will be there. Uh, the Widow Belmont will be there. So lots of great talent on this show. And it's being brought to you by uh, Zeke Dane Photography. Really? So yeah, an official Zika, a listener of the podcast. Yeah, an official sponsor of uh Excellent. of uh of Astromania. So go uh go check out Zeke's page on uh on I believe he has a Facebook uh like a Facebook page and a website. Does great photography work. So please uh, if you have some pictures that need to be taken, uh, look up Zeke and contact him. He does great work and again, happy to have him aboard and really appreciate what all Zeke does for uh, the New England indie wrestling scene, uh, just providing great pictures that guys use and all the event photos he lets the guys use and post on their social media, you know, no charge. So kudos to Zeke. How are the tickets moving? Tickets moving good, buddy. Uh, steady flow coming in. So now we're in the home stretch here. We're in six weeks or so out. So Jesus, I got to get in the gym. Fly, flyer in the town and all, all that good stuff. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be engaging with some local media here soon. So, Good things happening, buddy. We're gonna get the, we're gonna get the word out. Hey, don't be afraid to share something yourself. There, uh, we'll see what I can do. And that's it. That's it, buddy. All right. Well, if you want to book the kingpin, oh, Astro- astromanialsw.com. That's a big one for tickets. Tickets start at just fifteen dollars. All right. Well, if you want to book the kingpin slash the brawler for your next independent wrestling event, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at Brian Malonis. Brian, this week's promo about nothing. From the year 1987, and we are going to the World Wrestling Federation. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. And often does. The WWF and Mean Gene Oakland, my friend, is standing by with the Doctor of Style slick. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and the natural butchered. <laughs> Let's take a listen to this promo about nothing. I'm on a World Wrestling Federation card. Slick, come on in. I know about your vast managerial background at Pink Cadillac. And those six ladies up in Detroit, but I want to talk stop, right now. Stop, 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 Brian. Stop, stop. Did you hear that? Those six ladies up in Detroit. Well, uh, what? I didn't say what their, what their profession was. Brian, you realize what he's, inst- what he's, ins- what he's insinuating. <laughs> and I want to thank a, a good friend working behind the scenes, Kyle Sinclair. He is uh, doing the research. We talked about the Dr. Silas Slick. We put out the poll. I mean, I already am a winner. I mean, we asked, is Dr. Styles Slick a pimp? Yes or no? Or no, no. It was uh, exactly. Yeah, that's just because of uh, a lot of our listeners are in the Boston area. Let's just say that. I don't know what's what you're insinuating there. I really don't. Why can't he just be a successful man- managerial businessman? Why does he have to have a side gig? Why is he managing six ladies? That's Gene Oakland going into business for himself. You think so? Absolutely. I think that was all scripted. (laughs) So, yes, the further confirmation from me, Gene, that Slick is a pimp. Not a pimp. He's a jive soul bro. All right, let's continue with this promo on nothing. (laughs) But I want to talk right now about Butch Reed, the natural going against Pedro Morales at the West Palm Beach Auditorium here on Wednesday night. Before I say anything about Morales, I'm going to tell you something, Santana. Sooner or later, I'm going to get you. But you know what, Morales, since we can't get you right now, since you best friends with the chump, then you can just step right up and take this whooping that's intended for him. Because nobody but nobody puts their hands on the slickster and then walk away and laugh and brag about it. Now then, I'm going to beat you like a war-eyed mattress, brother. Myself, after this man, set you up for me. That's all I got to say. All right. I'm on a holding. Push read. I'm on a holding. And I'm on a gagging. 
And I'm on that slick, take that stick, and just beat all the wet off that boy's back. I'm on that slick, take that stick, and I'm gonna let him beat the black and blue marks on him. And when he goes visit his mama, she won't even know who he is. Pedro Morales, you just step in line, boy. I know that you and Tito Santana call yourself, hey, y'all, Ace Boone Coon, you know, best friend for y'all don't know what I'm talking about. So you be prime example, because I'm sure enough going to make a prime example out of you, Mr. X, world heavyweight champion. That's right, boy. Butch Reed is on the move. And all you got to do is just pour a little bit more gasoline on the fire to get me to burning, and I'm going to start smoking me some booty down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Starts with you. Thank you very much, Pedro Morales, to meet Butch Reed this Wednesday. Mike, before we get into it, can we just stop and pause for a second and just admire the physique of the natural Butch Reed? I mean, what great shape he's in. Quite a a chest there. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the words are coming out of his mouth, though. I don't know if I want to even really get into it. <laughs> you're, sh- you're saying there should be like some uh, some videos of their fun with Butch Reed? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about Ahmed Johnson? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he... Uh, he stumbled and bumbled over a few things there. M- stumbled, bumbled, and mumbled. Yeah, stumbled, bumbled, and mumbled. Uh, but the racism came through anyway. <laughs> it came right through. It sure did. The year is 1987, Brian. <laughs> Many a year ago. Yeah, and of course Pedro Mor- Morales recently this past week uh, passed away. So yeah, I mean but not not quite the tribute that he, <laughs> that he uh, deserves, but e- exactly. But you know, you know, it's funny. We'll do a little aside here for Pedro Morales. Like for the longest time, like the only Triple Crown winner in uh, in World Wrestling Federation history. So I remember that from my childhood. Like I never really saw Pedro Morales wrestle, but I just knew that he had held the the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight, Intercontinental, and Tag Team Championships. So. How many have done that since? Uh, good Lord, everybody. Bret, Bret Hart, Sean. <laughs> Every, uh, everybody has. Mike. And then Sean became the first Grand Slam when he won the European title as well. Yeah, oh, good to know that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Butch Reed, uh, Dr. Styles Slick. Not much more to say about this promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hold up very well. It does uh, not. All these, all these years, all these, some 32 years later, doesn't really... Uh, past the stink test the, <laughs> these days. I'm surprised you went with it, but now I know why you went with it to further your agenda that Slick was a was a pimp. So what did, what did Slick say there? Let me just check this out real quick. Now then, I'm gonna beat you like a woe-eyed matches, brother. I'm gonna beat you like a woe-eyed matches. <laughs> uh, is that another racist statement that I'm not even aware of? I I have. Did he say woe-eyed or say worn out? Woe-eyed mat. That's it sounds like. Now then, I'm gonna beat you like a woe-eyed matches, brother. <laughs> oh, a worn-out mattress. That's what I said. Worn out. Is that what he said? I I, I thought he said matches. A, a worn-out <laughs> worn mattress. Ma- beat you like a worn-out mattress. Okay. Yeah. You, you used to Still beat. Know something about worn-out mattresses, right? <laughs> <laughs> His ladies do. <laughs> All right. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to the wpan.com. All right. We are out of here, Kingpin or Brawler. But we will be back next week, next Monday, for episode 149 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the brawler Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>